Oye, chico. Bienvenidos de Last Three Rows of Horror Podcast. Mi amo es Mike. Aquí con... Mike, don't do that. Y... <laughs> Mi amo Sam. <laughs> Not bad for two years of high school Spanish, right? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Today we're going to continue our discussion of uh, the true crime behind Scream. This is part two about the Gainesville Ripper. Before we get into it, I want to thank everybody for listening and subscribing and streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and liking us on Instagram. We're going to be throwing up some new pictures on there shortly. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to our buddy Sarah Blaschek for uh, creating our last three rows of horror podcast t-shirts. Thank yes. you, Sarah. Yeah, thank they, you very much. Thank you. They look They're badass. Amazing. They are. They're We're going to wear our shirts at this upcoming uh, horror movie convention. That's uh, Days of the Dead in Rosemont, Illinois. That is the weekend of November 19th, 20th, and 21st. Uh, we're going to be there Saturday the 20th. So if you see us wearing the Last Three Rows of Horror podcast t-shirts, come up and say hi, and Sal will give you a hug. Absolutely. Yeah, he's going to get his tits signed by Terrifier. No, <laughs> right. no, I am not meeting that dude. And I heard what you dudes said about the last podcast. I'm not meeting that guy. He freaks me out. I might let him touch my, my one titty. I don't know. He'll play with you. Okay. <laughs> Take it away. Sal, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> He'll, he could tweak my nipple. <laughs> All right. Well, um, picking up where we left off on part one of our True Crime Behind Scream series, um, on this part two, we're going to examine the uh, single greatest inspiration for the plot of Scream and its antagonist, which was a series of grisly Florida home invasion murders committed by serial killer Danny Rowling over the course of a weekend in August 1990, dubbed the Gainesville Ripper Murders. So a um, couple of sources, a couple of things you can check out if you maybe like this episode. Uh, Mark of a Killer has a cool episode on that. It's uh, called Posed. Uh, Copycat Killers, The Exorcist 3. Um, also, the last podcast on the left has a great series on uh, Danny Rowling. Those are episodes uh, 452 and 453. Definitely check those out. That's a funny podcast. Yeah, definitely. If you want to laugh a little bit about murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, also behind the horror, uh, true stories that inspired horror movies. Um, a book by Dr. Lee Melner is a great one. And um, also for this episode, I also used um, The Making of a Serial Killer, Danny Rowling, as told to Sandra London. Um, this features like drawings and firsthand accounts from the killer. Uh, also goes into further detail about like the lives and crimes of Danny Rowling, although it's still pretty filthy and gruesome. Rowling kind of belittles his crimes a little bit and also makes himself kind of seem like a cool dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's also written by uh, Sarah London. Uh, I'm sorry, Sandra London. On the other hand, um, who's pretty much a serial killer groupie, um, a staple in the true crime world, but also a pretty exploitive individual. You know who I'm talking about here? Uh, no, but I know her kind. There's there's some fucked up weird people that praise what these serial killers have done, and they collect things that like uh, dirt from where you know a serial killer murdered somebody. They'll collect the dirt from the ground where you know it was, or they have what they call murder memorabilia. I went to a convention once at the Hilton in Chicago. It was called Mad Mobster. It was supposed to be a um, horror and true crime uh, convention. And the company that the convention that was touring, uh, doing the you know all these shows, they're called Mad Monster. I think they might even be a magazine, but they call their Chicago show Mad Mobster, like you know Capone Mobster. But 
the it was unlike any convention I ever been to. This guy had a whole room set up of murder memorabilia, and he was like a fan and like praising what these serial killers have done. And he had pictures of like him with his arm around uh, serial killers. Like he visited all of them in in prison. Like uh, like hey, we're buddy buddy. I got my arm around this guy. Who the fuck does that? Who collects that kind of shit? And they had a you know this poor guy. They had a Columbine victim there to do like uh, a panel discussion at a horror movie convention that yeah. is so fucking wrong like why would you do <laughs> what that? would you be thinking to ask those people like tell us what it was like the day of the yeah right what's it feel like <laughs> to be paralyzed from the waist down you know you, you took a bullet from like who the fuck wants to ask this guy questions at a horror movie convention that was the dude Terrible. With the chris farley thing with him like, remember when you re- yeah, recovered right. from the massacre <laughs> that was awesome that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> But that that convention's you know, never been back to Chicago, and I hope it never does. Some of the murder memorabilia is kind of morbid and shit like that. I think it'd kind of be cool to have like a John Wayne Gacy painting. That might be. Or oh, the clown. A little, a little oh, art. Yeah. yeah, Pogo. Yeah, to have some of his artwork. I don't know. I I couldn't have it. Dude. It's probably got know. some bad juju you, behind it. You could it. probably get away with it, Sam, because you're you're not married and you don't have kids. <laughs> Yeah, I could so, get real uh, weird yeah, with it. I, you know, married or not, I I I, I couldn't uh, justify getting something like that. All right, well, um, Sandra London's a controversial American true crime author in that she's best known as the one-time girlfriend of convicted murderer and serial killer G.J. Schaefer. Um, he's an ex-cop doing two life sentences for murder who she dated in high school and the fiancé of our today's uh, Danny Rowling. Um, less known is the fact that she used this access to debrief both of them about their crimes and the thinking behind them and publish the results of her investigations, mostly for monetary gain. It's funny because the picture I have up on here, she's wearing a sweatshirt that says crime does not pay. <laughs> so um, I think uh, I think Sandra London is kind of um, a little bit of like the, she's got a little bit of uh, Gail Weathers, you know, kind of inspiration behind her. I don't know. Have you, what do you guys? I mean, you guys said you don't know her, but I mean, she's kind of an exploitive individual, Gail Weathers herself. Oh, for you sure, know, for yeah, sure. played by Courtney Cox, by the way. Courtney Cox Arquette at the time, right? Or is this Courtney Cox? <laughs> yeah, I think at this time it was Courtney Cox. Yeah, oh, okay. But I don't know when they got married. Probably the, through the second one or something. Mm, maybe. <laughs> one of those. All right. So moving on. Um, in 1998, uh, writer Kevin Williamson did an interview with CNN in which he described the events that inspired Scream. He was house-sitting for a friend when he saw a Barbara Walters special on the Gainesville Ripper, and during a commercial break, he heard a noise and found an open window in the house that he was sure that he didn't open. His imagination ran wild, and he convinced himself that there was a maniac outside waiting to slaughter him, so he called a friend of his, David Blanchard, and kept him on the phone as he searched the house, clutching a large butcher knife. Like any good friend would, David started listing all the possible psychopaths who could be lurking in the shadows, waiting for the perfect opportunity to hack and slash. Freddy, Michael Myers, Jason, and soon the two found themselves quizzing each other about their favorite horror films. It's kind of like what any of our friends would do, I think. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, Have you dude, seen this one? Have you seen that one? Dude, you're definitely getting murdered tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Kevin also said that for the next couple nights, his nightmares were so bad for him, how horribly this um, scared him, that one night he awoke in the middle of the night and started writing the script that would eventually become Scream. Uh, I was just wondering, has anything ever scared you guys that bad or gave you nightmares where you're waking up in the middle of the night? And... Oh, absolutely. But I'm I'm the sick individual that like kind of enjoys them and will giggle when I wake up. Or I'll write it down. And then when I look at it in the morning, it's like, what the fuck was I dreaming about? You know, the only <laughs> thing that hit me that bad was definitely The Exorcist, but it doesn't do that to me anymore. And that fucking terrifier. 
That motherfucker just, I don't know what, it, it's a little hat. I don't know. <laughs> the little hat and that, the bad teeth. It's, it's, uh, for me, it's a lot of like, uh, if I watch a ton of like possession movies, I'll have dreams like that or uh, cla- claustrophobic dreams. I got that when I watched uh, The Exorcism stuck. of Emily Rose recently. And that, yeah. that kind of, yeah, that's a good up, movie. It was a scary one. Yeah. I, I used to have a lot of dreams of Jason, you know, trying to get me, but that never bothered me. <laughs> just 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 a terrifier the terrifier and exorcist man that's it. you had recent dreams of the terrifier yeah, <laughs> yeah. him and it he and, says that like it's an ongoing problem picture, right it's the next picture saying <laughs> don't do that <laughs> that'd be great if it was though <laughs> all right well um motivated by his uh fearsome house sitting experience williamson locked himself in a palm springs hotel for the weekend and hammered out a script entitled scary movie while listening to john carpenter's halloween score that's a good way to stay creepy for yeah. a whole weekend i got you yeah so, however, Williamson was forced to exercise the Gainesville Ripper-inspired mutilations when his agent warned him it would be too violent to sell. And uh, everybody will find out exactly why that was a little too brutal in a minute here. So we're going to cover, like I said, the Gainesville Ripper, Danny Rowling. Where, where is Gainesville? Uh, Florida. Oh, okay. I think it's... Um, you nut jobs down in Florida. <laughs> in the, I think it's in the middle of the state. Probably northern Florida. Maybe yeah. like the panhandle. Yeah, so um, we're going to get into some, just a warning, we're going to get into some brutal murders here. Um, like we're just saying, uh, not to sensationalize it in any bit, but just saying this is, you know, this kind of the reality that scares people into writing horror movies like this. Or Warning. Yeah, I don't know if, um, maybe Mike, could you say it a little more eloquently, or I don't know if you got anything <laughs> to say about that? <laughs> if you're a sensitive little soft snowflake, stop listening. <laughs> yeah, we're going to tell you some fucked up shit coming up here. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, born and raised in Shreveport, Louisiana, Danny Rollings was a burglar, a bank robber, a rapist, and a serial killer who would eventually take the lives of eight people. Um, Danny had a sad bring- upbringing with a violent and emotionally abusive police officer father, and eventually he would start looking into windows simply to observe a loving family life. Uh, one night he chose a window where he witnessed a naked woman, and thus began his serious uh, career as a peeping Tom. I was the peeping Danny. I, I know, but what's wrong, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? So um, later on, um, Danny committed his first three murders in Louisiana that we'll get into a little later. Those um, pretty much helped solidify that he was the Gainesville Ripper, um, just from the likenesses of it. Also, um, Danny was obsessed with Ted Bundy and planned to travel to Tallahassee to continue Bundy's reign of terror. That was kind of a fucked up thing about this guy is he kind of idolized serial killers. He wanted to be a serial killer. Outside of like Disney, there's no good reason to go to Florida. (laughs) No, Florida's terrible. That's why they have like the Florida man where everybody knows. Florida man, gators. Don't you want to see all the old people? uh, No. Pythons. (laughs) Burmese pythons all over the state. No, thank you. Any yeah, place you want to see large? the old blue hairs? No, thank you. I like seeing the old guys and old ladies walking across with the walkers. Come on! Yeah. <laughs> oh, they got ever... the best pizza in the country, too, down there. Oh, no. Never. Oh, man, that'd be awesome to see, like, an old lady with a walker getting eaten by a Burmese python, though. <laughs> <laughs> or a gator. Hole. A gator. Just swallowed whole with, with Swal- the walker, too. Swallow her glasses! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, Ted Bundy's um, kind of important when talking about uh, Danny Rowling's a little bit because he kind of took his whole playbook from um, Ted Bundy. Um, in case you don't know what happened in Tallahassee with Ted Bundy, so after his second prison escape from uh, police custody in Colorado, that's right, Ted Bundy escaped twice from a prison. Yeah. Um, in the early morning hours of uh, January 15th, 1978, one week after his arrival in Tallahassee, 
Ted Bunny entered FSU's Chi Omega sorority house through the rear door with a faulty locking mechanism. And beginning at about 2.45 a.m., he bludgeoned Margaret Bowman, who was 21 with a bit. That's not funny. What the fuck is wrong with you? We warned you, folks. We warned you. And we apologize for Sal already. This, uh, if that's how we react to the first one. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing it? <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> Hey, spaghetti. <laughs> so anyways, um, he, he, so he bludgeoned Margaret Bowman with a piece of oak firewood as she slept and then garroted her with a nylon stocking. He then entered the bedroom of 21-year-old Lisa Levy and beat her unconscious, strangled her, uh, bit off one of her nipples, and bit deeply into her left buttock. He sexually assaulted her with a hairspray bottle. And then in an adjoining bedroom, he attacked Kathy Kleiner, breaking her jaw and deeply lacerating her shoulder. Um, Karen Chandler um, also suffered a concussion, a broken jaw, loss of teeth, and a crushed finger. Um, Chandler and Kleiner survived the attack, with Kleiner later attributing their survival to automobile headlights illuminating the interior of their room and frightening away Bundy. Well, that's probably how that helped uh, police catch him, the bite marks, dental records. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, outside of He was a big biter. Outside of nipple, uh, what does garroted mean? Uh, strangled. Oh, yeah, why he, did they just say that then? I think I don't know. I, I think a garrote is when you like a specialized knot. Wait, how do you how do you spell that? A G A R R O T E D. Garroted. Oh, garroted. Garroted. Okay. Garroted. That's like carroted. Garroted. <laughs> carroted her. <laughs> so back to that Bundy. Um, Tallahassee detectives later determined that the four attacks took place in a total of less than fifteen minutes and within earshot of more than thirty witnesses who heard nothing. Like I said, this was a sorority house that this happened in. And after leaving the sorority house, Bundy broke into a basement apartment eight blocks away and attacked FSU student Cheryl Thomas, dislocating her shoulder and fracturing her jaw and skull in five places. And she was left with permanent deafness and an equilibrium damage that ended her dancing career. She was a ballerina. So um, on Thomas's bed, police found a semen stain and pantyhose mask containing two hairs similar to Bundy's in class and characteristic that later helped lock him up. Good. Yeah. So um, back to Danny Rawlings. Instead of um, Tallahassee, Danny ended up in Gainesville after shooting his father in the head during a heated argument and fleeing Louisiana. Um, his father did live, by the way. It was just a wow. yeah, crazy family uh, fight right there. I guess someone gets shot in the head, you know? <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> Suck your own dick. Suck your own dick. <laughs> he shot me in the head. All right, well, um, in, in Gainesville, living in what he considered to be the outlaw drifter life um, while living in a tent in the woods, Danny Rawlings believed that a good and evil were fighting a battle inside his body and that he was possessed by a demon he named Gemini. Um, this is the sort of catalyst that drove this whole plan to fruition was inspired by a film that he had just seen, The Exorcist 3. Legion. That's right. What do you guys think of The Exorcist 3? I love it. Uh, Blatty is a great writer, and he directed this film as well. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah, well, um, in case you don't know, um, in Exorcist 3, in the central plot, the spirit of an executed serial killer, uh, nicknamed the Gemini Killer, possesses people with the aid of the demon from the first exorcist, uh, what they call the Master, and is using these possessed people to commit more murders. So um, one of the people uh, that the Gemini is kind of portrayed as is Brad Dourif yep. in a lot of this, which I think is pretty cool that... Um, when he starts screaming yeah. in this movie, like his voice... It's just so commanding. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they don't. They only show um, who is it? Father Damien or it is Jason Harris? Miller? They, yeah, they only show him in the theatrical version. I think there's a 
there's a director's cut where they don't show him at all. It's all Brad Dourif being played. So you're not no sure. Shit? Yeah. I didn't wow, know that. I didn't yeah. know that either. The director's cut is weird. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Brad Dourif, uh, you know, you know him as Chucky. He's been Child's Play, One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. Eyes of Laura Mars, which is a Carpenter movie. Graveyard Shift we've wait, talked about wait. on here. Eyes of Laura Mars is John Carpenter? He wrote it. Oh, he wrote it. Yeah, okay. he wrote the movie. Um, didn't direct it, though. Okay. Yeah. Also, he plays um a serial killer in the X-Files, Luther Lee Boggs. Gotta mm. have those three names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He's a strange dude. Brad Dourif? Brad Dourif is a strange dude. He's 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 like a chameleon, man. Some yeah. movies you don't even recognize. Yeah, him. but I, but I like him. I think I in the really in the do. new series, his voice is a little bit higher too. It doesn't have like the gravel that it used to have mm-hmm. in some of the older ones, you know. Andy, <laughs> you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so the Exorcist Three also has uh, George C. Scott in it. Been oh, in yeah. a ton of movies: The Hustler, Doctor Strangelove, Patton, Changeling, uh, Firestarter. Oh yeah, <laughs> Angus, nineteen ninety three, and Day of the Dolphin. Yeah, I love Angus. <laughs> so one of the things I think is cool about the Exorcist Three is it has all these like creepy statues all over. There's one that's uh, clearly a Joker ripoff in uh, yep. one of the parts here. It's just like the camera pans past it and like uh, where well, is it in the rectory or something, or where it keeps going to meet with the other priest. The cast of characters in the dream sequences in this film, like when he's he's in heaven, and... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, he's in it. <laughs> is he? I think uh, Patrick Ewing. I don't remember is, that. Is or that might be Patrick Ewing. Patrick Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in like the second, the Heretic. Really? Yeah. No, He's an angel at the end, like oh, an that's angel right. of death. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's Kareem. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they were they were all. He a doesn't bunch have angels, a speaking part. He's just right? got the glasses they, on. And... Well, they were all a bunch oh, of angels. Wow. They ran into right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. In The Exorcist Three, there's a little uh, montage of a bunch of uh, little people. Sal. Nice. Oh, I remember that. that. I remember that. But the old lady climbing the ceiling freaked me out. Oh yeah. Because yeah. they don't. They always make it fast, which is an awesome effect. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It did its job. And it's like shot from the ground up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really, you know, for this film, I, mm, I, I really didn't care for it, but I have watched it. It's got one of the best jump scenes when yes. the corpse gets up with like the, I'll call them not garden shears, but it's like surgical shears. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and, it, and it stabs the nurse, but he comes out of like left field, and you don't even see him coming, and then whoo, it yeah. gets you. That's one of the all-time greatest jump scares, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Gemini uh, zodiological sign is shared by uh, serial killers such as uh, Samuel Little, Arthur Shawcross, Kenneth Bianchi, David Berkowitz, Richard Chase, and especially Jeffrey Dahmer, to name a few. Is Dahmer it, is it sad it. that I know all these people? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not real. Well, no, it's not sad. You're just into true crime, like yes, we've talked about true. before. That explains a lot, Mikey. <laughs> yep. Mike's a serial killer. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Uh, Richard Chase, no. I, remind me who that is. Richard Chase was the um, the vampire of Sacramento. He was drinking oh. people's blood. He thought Richard Chase is uh, really comical, but he's also very mentally damaged. He thought his bones were backwards. He thought his stomach was upside down. He thought like his uh, his body was slow or his body was slowly draining of blood, so he would have to replenish it by um, killing people. Sadly, but he was he was a real piece of shit. He was killing dogs and drinking their blood and animals and stuff. He was one of these like mentally ill people who he would walk around and people are like, look at how dirty. Is, but like his clothes were like brown from old blood, like being all over him all the time. About, Very uh, disturbed. How about Samuel Little? Samuel Little, he was, um, he had like uh, over a hundred kills. He's this dude, he recently died, but he was, uh, Wait, is he an older black dude? Yeah, who oh, was, okay. he was doing like all the drawings. Like, he's got like yeah. the biggest number. Yeah, like a, a hundred, well people? over a hundred. They legit. think like 117 or something. I thought I heard, like, yeah. 
There's actually on the FBI website, you can go on and like look at, he has like one of those eidetic memories and he was also like a really good painter. Wow. So you can go on like the FBI website and like look at all of his drawings and determine like, you know, if this is one of your loved ones you, from. You know, I, I, I got to say this and I don't want to get political. I really don't. But why isn't Hitler's name on here? Because he killed thousands he was responsible. Uh, him, more than him, that. Him, him, and, him and the cartel guy, what, his, what was his name? His name isn't on here because he Pablo was a uh, Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what was that? It, it, well, Hitler was born in April, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But, I don't really follow astro- zodiological. It's kind of bullshit, right? Like, <laughs> astrological. But, but, but uh, what was that last cartel guy's name? They said he was uh, Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Chapo? Esca- Chapo, Chapo. They said Chapo was responsible for, 40, for over 40,000 deaths. Uh yeah, sure. Forty thousand. I mean, it all goes back to him, dude. And then, and then Hitler. I mean, you fuck with the cocaína. <laughs> cocaína. That's right. How do, Mike? You're Spanish. What do they say? What is it? Uh, the bullets Oye, are lead. <laughs> Mikey. Cocaína. Mikey. Don't do that. Hey, Mr. Velez. <laughs> Why don't you speak some Spanish? No, that was on Narcos, though. They say you either get, what do they say? It's like you get you either get the lead or the money or something like that. Oh, first you get the money, then you get the women. That's from Scarface, I think. Oh, shit. All right. Well, Danny Rawlings identified with the Gemini killer since his astrological sign was Gemini. And he also took that uh, along with, you know, this movie had recently just come out when he decided that. That was a sign that his killing should begin. So as the Gemini was uh, now the name given to the demon inside of him, possessing him to drive, uh, possessing him and driving him to kill. So intent on starting his murder spree on August 23rd, Danny stripped off all of his clothes except for a fanny pack containing his tools, his so-called hit kit, and jumped onto the second floor balcony of an apartment building. And he was standing there naked when someone noticed him and called out, causing him to abort. <laughs> so that's kind of like. I think a lot of serial killers are fucking idiots when you like really start to hear some of these stories about him. He was <laughs> naked on a second floor balcony, naked with a fanny pack. Yeah, but yeah. you, oh, you hear a lot of you hear a lot of freako guys being naked. Why is that? With fanny packs. Well, he was a peeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> abort. Abort. He was definitely about to do something much worse than peeping, though. So, like we said, this is where it's about to get fucked up here. Um, the next night on Friday, August twenty fourth, nineteen ninety, this time dressed in a ninja costume and a ski mask. <laughs> Uh, Dan- Danny crept to the back of the Williamsburg Village Apartments. It was like a Halloween costume. We probably got <laughs> spirit Halloweeners. Now, my, me personally, I dress up like Captain Crunch. <laughs> you dress up like C- Captain Crunch to do a rape and murder? How funny would that be with the little hat he used to wear? I was, gonna, I was just about to say, you climb to the second floor balcony, you drop your fucking hat. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> you know Should have got the chin strap. Incomplete. You know what I would do? I would kill people with a little anchor. <laughs> one way to do it you just bludgeon them to death where do you anchor well um being guided by the voice of the gemini to apartment 113 he tried the doorknob on the deck it was locked so he gathered his breaking tools from his hit kit and went to work on the lock after several unsuccessful attempts he grew frustrated and begged gemini to demonstrate his magical power by opening the door and he twisted the doorknob and once more it cracked wide open of course this is all complete bullshit, by the way. He actually ended up following these girls home from a Walmart, and, you know, uh, he simply picked the lock. Gemini didn't demonstrate his fucking powers. <laughs> you know, getting back to Cell here, am I the only one that cut the shit out of the roof of their mouth with Captain Crunch in the morning? <laughs> oh, no. That's a, you can only do Captain Crunch, like, one, two days in a row. Three days, you're well, fucked. I mean, you can't do it. Just cut the shit that, out of my, that's, that's when you my switch, gums. That's when you switch to Quisp and Quake. <laughs> Quisp and Quake? <laughs> Talking about cool. 
spooky Christmas. <laughs> but you, you know what? You know what? Uh, talking about these with true crimes, you guys, you two guys, ever noticed a handful of geniuses that were that were killers? I mean, these guys had some high ass handfuls. You look at uh, yeah, they had, Unabomber. Yeah, they had some yeah. high ass IQ. So that tells me. He had some good points in that manifesto that you know, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, 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 does, but doesn't that bother you guys? We, you know that 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 you know you use that word crazy or insane. You know, I think dangerously it's, I, I think it's, intelligent. I think, yeah, I oh, think yeah. it's more. These when, are these are people that that are put on like no fly lists now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. But 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 you know you think about it, and it's like, okay, why does a killer have to be crazy? You know, I mean, you know, you take you take a lot of to find crazy. Well, that's, well it's I, their own... I, you know, I, I I like watching a lot of vigilante movies. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make with Danny okay. Rawlings here is I think he yeah. he tried to make it seem like he was crazy, but he right. wasn't. I, I mean, look at look at look at uh, look at uh, my guy um, Charles Bronson, and all his and all his uh, oh, Death, Death Wish movies. I love those. You know, uh, he wasn't crazy. He was pissed off. Yeah. He was pissed off. Oh, he knew what he was doing. But a yeah. lot of killers know what they're doing too. Yeah. So yeah. they're so, just evil. They don't fucking care. Yeah. They don't have morals. They don't they don't know the difference between right and wrong. Or they do and they just don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean that, 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 that there's a point where, you know, you get pushed in a corner, man, and you're gonna do anything to get out of it. Well, Fight I don't know flight. if anyone's pushing you into a corner yeah. for murder, but <laughs> serial killing yeah. specifically. We're not, we're not pushing you around that bad cell. <laughs> It's it's not like well they bullied me so bad I had to murder seventeen people. Yeah. I strangled I strangled women with their nylons. Yeah, Sal's gonna show up dressed as the captain. Like, you pushed me too far. Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh, trading his breaking tools for a pen light and a razor sharp K bar combat knife, oh, yeah. he also ripped two six inch strips of duct tape and fashioned them to his left arm to be used later. He left his head kit on the deck and crept through the kitchen and into the living room. Um, there he found 17-year-old Christina Powell asleep on the couch against the far wall. He stood in the darkness watching her sleep for what he thought was around 10 minutes. That's creepy enough as itself. Yeah. So bypassing her, he ascended the stairs and found 18-year-old Sonia Larson asleep in her bed. And after watching her sleep for another five or so minutes, Danny decided that Sonia would be the first to die so that he could take his time with Christina. He placed the pen light in his mouth and peeled the duct tape from his arm. Then leaning over her, and in one quick motion, he suddenly placed the duct tape over her mouth and brought the blade down to the hilt into her collarbone. So Sonia jolted awake, eyes bulging, and began to frantically kick, but this only brought on a frenzy of stabbings. Um, defensive wounds to the arms and hands, a gnarly slash to her thigh, uh, more chest wounds covering them both in blood. And she stopped struggling, and Danny backed away, watching as the life faded from her eyes. Very fucked up. Oh, yeah. So, <sighs> so, so that's creepy if you watch chicks sleep? When you watch them. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's always creepy. Oh, well, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you know, when I used to do that, I mean, you know, I don't think that's so weird. It depends. What side of the glass were you on? <laughs> so I was wearing an E.T. outfit. So what? <laughs> and denim jeans. <laughs> Oh my God! Stonewash, so, stonewash. No denim. <laughs> so um, wow. <laughs> so uh, drenched in blood and descending again to the lower level, Danny returned to Christina Powell and awoke her by clamping a hand over her mouth. He threatened her, and upon seeing the bloody knife, Christina asked, "Where's Sonia?" And Danny lied and told her that his partner was upstairs with Sonia and that they would both be fine so long as they cooperated. So. 
Pulling her off the couch, Danny bound her hands behind her back with duct tape and led her into the kitchen. There, he subjected her to a degrading sexual assault over the next half hour. But before he did so, he asked her if she had ever been raped before, and Christina Powell's last words replied, uh-huh, before, according to Danny, she went catatonic. Wow. Yeah. Sick. That's really demented, you know? Oh, yeah. It's heartbreaking, really. Yeah. So he killed her, right? Well, that's what, yeah, we're getting to right here. After um, the, the sexual assault, he pulled her back into the living room, laid her down on her stomach, stuck another piece of duct tape over her mouth, and stabbed her five times in the back as she lay on the carpet. On the final blow, he left the knife lodged in her back and stood back to watch as Christina clung to life with gases of air whistling through gaping knife wounds. Removing the K-Bar knife, he watched as she took her final breath then. It's, uh, man, that's, that's a thing, a nightmare-inducing thing right there, just someone's air whistling through their back is there i, I never heard of that that, 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 that really might have been one of the things that he kind of embellished i i'd only seen that in like one or two things that uh he had said that he said that but man real creepy that, that is extremely disturbing yeah so um a little getting more disturbing um turning his attention once more to sonia larson's body upstairs he returned to her room he dragged her to the edge of the bed intent on raping her post-mortem cutting off her clothes and removing the duct tape from her mouth but rigor mortis had set in, and the ghastly sight of her body covered in blood was just too much for Danny to handle. Oh, he's got standards. Yeah, picture, um, that's very creepy in itself. Picture a body on the edge of a bed, but instead of the legs dangling, they're sticking straight out, stiff as a board. <laughs> Once so, again, what is wrong with oh, you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of a windmill. <laughs> a windmill? <laughs> what makes you think of a windmill? The two legs like this go, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> That's, that's the sound windmills make. Whoop whoop whoop. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the guy that wrote Scream was influenced by the acts of the Gainville Ripper. Yep. Okay. Yeah. How got do you got? How do you? How do you still feel about that? The movies we watch being. Uh... If, what the ones that are like loosely I mean, based on yeah, true just, stories? Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you. I mean, real life is always going to be so much worse than absolutely. what they write in the, any horror, movie. For That's, me, horror movies are like it's just pure escapism. It's yeah, it's yeah, my it's, release. It's like a, I, always, uh, I always release from. It's those like a movies. wild ride, like a roller coaster. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, heading back downstairs, Jan Danny um, dragged Christina Powell's lifeless body to her sofa, uh, removed the duct tape from her mouth, and had post-mortem sex with her, chewing and gnawing on her nipples during the act, kind of like Ted Bundy we were talking about earlier there. Right. So the next thing that Danny remembers was standing in the kitchen, eating an apple, then a banana, and then just leaving. But during this missing time, he had also tried to destroy any biological evidence he'd left behind by using dish soap to cr clean Christina's body. Um, leaving the bottle between her legs in a degrading pose to impose the maximum shock at whoever discovered the scene. On the living room floor, in a lewd position, face up so you could see her breasts removed. And he also took a nap next to Sonia Larson's lifeless body in her bed and took a shower before leaving. So the next morning, um, while riding his bike, he felt the need to check his bag for something and discovered a sandwich baggie containing both of Christina Powell's nipples. Um, Danny felt ill at what he'd done and disposed of them in the open maw of a street gutter. Jeez. Very fucked up. Are you guys uh, ready to throw up yet? Or is he? Uh, is this guy still alive? No, no, no. They uh, put him. They executed him pretty damn quick. It, it, it's, it sounds like he just wanted to be recognized. You know, you, you know, there, there, there's some sick. Yeah. There's some sick people out there. If he's there. influenced by Bundy, you know. I think, he, yeah, he definitely did want to be. A lot of these serial yeah, killers I, I, love to be discovered. That's why they start fucking with the cops before. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and you don't really 
just pisses me off is these idiots that go for them. I am seeing so many reality shows. I'm in love with a with a killer in prison. I sure. go to see. I want to marry him. I mean, seriously, that that bothers me, man. You know oh, what yeah. the hell's the matter Some with these sick people? people out there that have married and and children. You know they've yeah they have children with and uh, they're walking around. Oh yeah, they're walking around our children, our our, our friends. And That's what blows my mind. There's a couple of th- there's a guy in Chicagoland area right now. He was part of the um, Chicago Ripper Crew, is what they call them. I, I mean, getting that. back to rippers, but um, <laughs> he was there's one yeah one of these guys who co- helped commit like I don't know what it, I forget exactly what twelve murders or something like that. Yeah, one of these guys is free walking around right now. Right in the, Naperville, where, where he is is in Naperville. Or that yeah. was Aurora. They tried to like yeah. Get his him name in is some... uh, Thomas Cocorielis, I think his name is. Like the town didn't want him. And, yeah. and whatever halfway house he was going to stay at, they're like, nope, we don't want him here. So he ended up in Naperville. Naperville, yeah. Uh, wow. A church took him in, I guess. They were, so these uh, these guys were committing satanic murders right yes. down the street from me right here. Yeah. Wow. This is like right he, in Villa Park. Yeah, dude. right in Villa Park. This Villa Park, like, Elmhurst. Any, anywhere. Anywhere. Or something like that. Anywhere. Yeah. It could happen anywhere. I tell my wife that all the time. We watch so many, so many. Uh, but they, they were cutting movies. off nipples and breasts. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> I remember, yeah, the Ripper Crew. Look up Chicago Ripper Crew, folks. It's some sick shit. Yeah, definitely. So, um, moving on a little bit here. The following night, Saturday, August 25th, Rowling broke into the apartment of 18-year-old Krista Hoyt, a dispatcher for the Alachua County Sheriff's Office. And while she was out, he broke in, uh, found a good place to hide behind a bookshelf, and waited for her to arrive. So just after 10 p.m., as Crystal walked in the door, Danny ambushed her, knocking her to a floor and placing her uh, pre-ripped pieces of duct tape over her mouth and hands behind her back. He then marched her to the bedroom, where over the next hour, he subjected her to a degrading sexual attack. When it was over, he flipped her on her stomach, and with one plunge of the K-bar blade rupturing her heart, Crystal Hoyt was dead. From there, Danny removed the tape from her mouth and hands and savagely drove the blade into her abdomen, slicing upward, eviscerating her. Then, after slicing off her nipples, he placed them atop of the exposed intestines bulging from her stomach and left the apartment. Wow. <laughs> you know, you know, and again, these guys, you know, these, 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 these poor people, and, and they always go after um, someone defenseless. You know, that just angers the shit out of me, the people that, I mean, hurting anybody, but especially defenseless people, you know, old people. Women, yeah, because they're always cowards. They never... Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, come over here, motherfucker. You know, I'll hit you with my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, man. Guy gets I, one look at, I, at uh, Sal's nipples. And goes, <laughs> <laughs> fucking get out of here. <laughs> no, no, I, you, know what, you know what, seriously, seriously? I made a mistake. I would like to get a couple of guys in a pit. Like these assholes, and 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 have some kind of weapon on me that I, I could beat the shit out of them with, and I'll overpower them. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, really, that really pisses me off. I, you know, that that, that was uh, uh, so ahead of its time. Escape from New York, and my wife, you know, being the angel that she is, uh, that's where these guys belong. You know, blah blah blah. Even the nicest people, you know, when they, when 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 you're overpowering and 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 you want to do this to people. You know, throw them, throw them in a pit, throw them somewhere. You know, we well, gotta get rid of this. It's like what I, what is I, that how Australia was started? Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> throw all these murderers and rapists on pedophile and let them fight it. Right. <laughs> let Mad Max deal it's, with them. It's like I said before, punishment needs to be more harsher for yeah. violent yeah. criminals. L- look at look at that young kid. Look at that young kid. Um, God, he looks like he's fifteen with the uh, automatic rifle. Oh, Rittenhouse. Yeah, Rittenhouse. He's gonna get off. Uh, you watch, you watch my. I guarantee either he's gonna get off, 
you, with did a, you with see a, like the most terrible fucking acting? Oh, when he was crying. Was when he was crying. Oh, that was yeah. the that fakest was funny. looking yeah. shit I've ever seen. That's gonna be a meme. Oh, sure will. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's gonna get off. He's gonna get off. He's gonna get off because again, in one of our podcast, uh, two podcasts ago, because they said uh, the lawyer already has a little gap that that the the the. Um, police fucked up on he's oh gonna, yeah the, the he, defense team is the like a laughing stock yeah for... he, he he is gonna that kid's gonna walk with a few years oh, i'm sorry the prosecutors right the prosecutors, the prosecutors. Are, yeah they're like what's, what's they call mikey just he's, fucking he's, everything he's, he's gonna get off with um uh parole not, parole i guarantee it and you know why you know why? time served Be, because these asshole people oh he's just a kid he didn't know what he was doing that kid walked out with a with an Killed automatic weapon people and he was fucking taking people. pictures afterwards, yeah. this motherfucker, throwing yeah. up the white power there. sign. Fuck yeah. you. What was he doing there to begin with? Yeah, his mom so, drove him there. So my His mom drove him there? Yes, she so, drove so, him there. So my wife had said, or I'm sorry, my wife and I were watching it uh, on Good Morning America this morning, and they said everybody uh, uh, had a weapon on him uh, that he was running across, and the police seen him, and blah, blah, blah. I don't care if a thousand people had weapons. That kid killed somebody. His mom bought him the gun. His mom bought him the gun. And she drove him there. Well, again, there you go. There you go. It always starts at home. You know, uh, put, put some kind of blame on them, too. Throw them in the joint. If he gets out, they're not just going to riot in Kenosha. That's going to be all over the country. Dude, dude, yeah. I'm telling you guys, I told my wife, and I don't mean anything about any kind of racism here. He's young and he's white. That kid's going to walk. That kid is going to walk, man. I'm telling you. Did he come from any kind of money? I don't think. No, no, no. no, he, no there there he, was uh, a big GoFundMe to get him bailed yeah, out. Yeah, to pay his bail. He he's gonna. Who he's was the gonna... famous guy that was like paid for? His, was it, it wasn't Alex Jones? Was it that tried to get him out and stuff? Oh maybe. Oh somebody was trying to get him off. Well, oh, no, no, like no. trying to get him out of jail. Someone they like put up help to raise all the money for his bail and stuff now, like see, that. Now see, why would you do? He's on film carrying a weapon. The police seen him. Shouldn't have fucking been there. The police seen him, and he shot two people and killed them. Yep. There's no. I don't care if he tripped over a he's rock not, he, and he, the gun he, accidentally went off. He's a minor. He went out there. Yeah. He's not even old What's enough he, to own a gun. What, what? You know what? Here's the here's the mistake that America made. I remember the time, man. If you had an automatic weapon, right away you get arrested. Right away you get it taken away. Nowadays, you, you know, you know, my youngest son told me one day, and he was in high school. This was years back. He says, Dad, I can get anything from women to drugs to weapons, anything you want from high school kids. Hell yeah. Everything is so accessible. Everything. Now. Everything. I mean, doesn't, like that make you, doesn't that make you sick? Well, the world is a fucking, this, this country's sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you a, know, it's a sick world we live in, man. That's what, that's why people are guys, bought and sold every day. Yeah. That's why these guys are, you know, are, are, are just blooming out of nowhere. You know, these young kids, uh, Get off on on on. Uh, I'm not going to mention what kind of music, but there are music with bad lyrics in it. And 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 the next, you know, they 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 they, they idolize it, and and there you go. They're killing people, shooting people. You know, the drug dealing. You know, it, and that pisses me off. Well, that guy's whole you know claim that he was going down there to protect the business. That business never hired him. They don't even fucking know him. Right, right. That's all bullshit. That's why I listen to Fog at. Yes, There's right. no lyrics in there that are bad. Yeah. Fool for the city. Don't, 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 don't hey, do that. Hey, 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 no, no, no. 
All right. Well, um, after the murder of uh, Crystal Hoyt, um, <laughs> Danny rode away on his stolen bicycle, but stopped behind a random house to take a shit. That's the biggest crime of them all, I think. So. <laughs> now, see, that would be me. Shitting if outdoors. I was a murderer, I'd get caught because I'd have to take a shit somewhere or shit in my pants, oh my and I'd God. get screwed. That's where I was. I was originally met before we went on the big Kyle Rittenhouse thing. I was expecting this to be our little break in the episode here. I was expecting Stale to uh, lighten the load by telling a story about when he shit his pants, but. <laughs> And I used the key. <laughs> used the key for what? <laughs> to cut it out. Remember I told you that story? Oh, yeah. He cut a hole in his underwear to get it. <laughs> okay. This is getting edited out. Please. You can't what? edit that out. <laughs> what? We just had to lighten it up a little bit after yeah. some murder talk because we got a more murder talk to go on here. <laughs> so a short time later, um, Danny stopped at a convenience store for a soda. When he went to pay, he noticed that his wallet was missing. So he frantically backtracked to his fresh pile of shit, then all the way back to the scene of the crime. Once back at Krista's apartment and still unable to find his wallet, Danny noticed Krista's eyes opened and staring at him, although he was sure that they were closed when he left earlier. At that moment, he, he heard the voice of the Gemini telling him to leave them something to think about. So, commanded by the Gemini, and with his ultra-sharp K-bar knife, he methodically removed Crystal Hoyt's head from her body and placed it on a bookshelf, propping it up with a jewelry box to keep it from falling over. He then arranged Krista's decapitated body midway on the bed so that it was sitting legs spread wide apart, arms hanging to the sides with her guts spilling out and blood leaking from her chest. He also positioned a mirror in the apartment so that the first thing someone would see when entering would be the decapitated head staring in horror at its own body. Yeesh. So, as we said, um, Crystal Hoyt was an employee of the county sheriff's office, and when she didn't report to work, the sheriff sent out an officer to do a welfare check, and upon discovering the grisly scene, as well as the similar scene at the Williamsburg apartments the previous night, they knew that they had a serial killer on their hands. Can you even imagine the trauma of walking into an apartment and seeing that a mirror and a fucking a head looking at itself? And you know, that is that, a, that's that, one that's of the most up. yeah, that's one of the I, most grisly things I've ever read. I, or <laughs> I got a story which I'm gonna save for later that in, <laughs> involves something kind of similar. But like, like you said, you know, can you imagine that? No, no one can. And. I'll tell you this story later. You know, you know, Mikey hit a good spot. Uh, imagining and seeing is way two different things. Yeah, man. that's a, that's why, like on our last podcast, um, the detectives, the police, um, medical teams, when they see this stuff, come on, man, mm. that's got to break your spirit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, especially FBI. Also, uh, there's no smells in movies. You know, what I'm yeah, saying? that's right. gonna yeah. be horrific. Yeah, because because look at uh, look at uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, they were they were. Uh, yeah, they that one the body stuff. they found, and they put that that uh, gel underneath their nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and uh, Lime, Sons, Sons Anarchy, maybe. Sons Anarchy. There was so many. Sammy knows them. I love that program. There were so many times they had to dig up bodies, and they're like, oh, you know, and these are tough guys. <laughs> like in Goodfellas when yeah. they're digging up the body. Yeah, yeah. I got a wing. <laughs> I got a leg. <laughs> I got a wing. <laughs> but you, you, you know, just a mental thought, you know, will never leave you. No, we'll that's never pretty scary, man. Oh yeah. That's why I kind of like all these movies and stuff like that. Like we said, Drew Barrymore and Scream 4 um, um, has some crazy kills in it. Like we said that they were pretty much exercised a lot of the um, Gainesville Rippert inspired mutilations. But the first move, uh, the whole Scream series has a lot of these. There's, you know, Drew Barrymore and her boyfriend Steve that get gutted in the first movie. Scream 4 has a really gnarly uh, kill in the or in the middle of the movie where the girl gets her eviscerated, guts all over, you see. How, how many were 
Four of them. A fourth this one, one that's yeah. coming out will be the fifth one. Yeah. So um also yeah the fourth one has some pretty gnarly um stuff in the like a deleted scene where this guy just has blood everywhere you know um who was the killer in the oh yeah the um it was Emma Roberts spoiler oh. alert for okay. you for a ten year old movie <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is um kind of like um like the ghost towns and middle acts of Scream um you know in the real story almost um so panic almost immediately hit the university of florida campus um, by labor day parents took their kids out of school campus radio stations started a campaign to keep people indoors and parents who couldn't get a hold of their children tied up phone lines at the police station for hours trying to get officers to do welfare checks while there was a rumor that the ripper was a cop others thought it was a new neighbor or a new student being that this was the start of a new school year when the town literally doubles in population so there were also rumors, um, all those rumors that would spread in the coming weeks. Um, remember, these murders are happening over the course of one weekend. Um, the double murder on Friday, Chris Hoyt on Saturday, and unfortunately, we still have a double murder on, murder on Sunday to cover. So um, I don't know, what would you, do you guys think you would do like in, during this middle part? If you know, you know, there's a if they released around here that there was a killer on the loose, everybody go home, don't be out after yeah, eight o'clock, lock down. <laughs> Yeah, rent some scary movies. I had kids. Yeah, rent scary movies. And, and you know that's a shame. We have to lock down, not him. We do. Look at look at that girl. Look at that girl. Um, they're they're moving her like you wouldn't like a chess piece. The one that murdered her mom and mutilated her oh, yeah. and put her in a suitcase, and the chick was pregnant. Yeah. <sighs> You you don't know what I'm talking about, right, Sammy? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and and she was in Indonesia. Yeah, Indonesia. Oh, all right. And and they're Sammy. They're moving her around in a suitcase. And well, well, her her mom. Yeah, her mom. But they're moving her around because I got a feeling, you know, um, I don't know. Maybe they're worried about somebody killing her, or somebody breaking her free. I don't know. But that chick is really screwed up, man. Right, it's pretty sick. Killing your mom and then. Put, folding her up and put her in like an director set in a suitcase. Why did you're pregnant? Why wouldn't they move the serial killers so they put the little tiny bulletproof vest on them? You could shoot them in the head. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, always I, seemed I, weird to me. You, you know what, Mikey? I, this society today, I think we're crazier than the killers because you get so many people feeling, you know, no, don't do that to him. He's already been through enough. Look what he did. How does how do you feel that's, about that? That's just pacifist bullshit. I mean, I have well, a mean streak. There is I'm a lot sure to be learned do. about maybe the psychology of keeping some of these guys alive. Okay, okay, true. I, you know, what, maybe Sam, to prevent it from happening in the future. You, you but there Sam, has to be an end date for yeah, these guys. You know, yeah. what, uh, unfortunately, fucking Illinois, I, no more death penalty. That's I, what happened with Bundy. They were like, they were yeah. like, please keep him alive. We can learn something about him. But Florida was like, fuck no, kill right. this motherfucker but, but now. See, but right. see, th- there's my nephew. Okay, he's a smart kid, very smart, very intelligent. Why do we need to learn that, man? Just kill this guy. Kill these people. What, I, what do we really learn from it? To be, you know, to be. Who with? cares? Like the, they the saved Gacy's fire. brain. They saved Gacy's brain. Uh, some woman has it in a jar somewhere. They got Gacy's brain in a jar. Yep. Yeah. Some lady has it in a jar and she shows it off. They could use it for. I mean, they in that way it would be good to kill these guys off because I know they have found a lot of uh, serial killers have like frontal lobe damage. A lot of guys have, like get hit in the head or fall down real bad, like are never really the same after that. I've heard that. Theory. That's what they say happened to Sam Kinison. They say he used to be like really mild mannered and everything like that. He got hit by a car or something like that, really? real bad when he was a kid. And then he turned into the you know. Ha! Ha! He was. Oh, a I, I never heard that. Yeah. He was yeah, a preacher. Yeah, he was yeah. before yeah. he was yeah. a comedian. Yeah. He was certified a preacher, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but but again, uh, 
this kind of takes me back to um, Hannibal. Mm. Uh, when, when my girl was playing, uh, um, uh, what's her name's role? Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. No, not Jodie Foster. Uh, uh, Julianne Moore. And ah. and she caught, and I'm sorry, she uh, was following who was buying the mask. You remember that part? And it was the it was the nurse that was taking care of Hannibal Lecter, the the, the big black guy. Oh, and he was oh selling, Bernard, I but, think. Yeah, Bernie. He Bernie. was selling. He was selling tapes. He was selling uh, the actual mask they had on him, oh. and people were buying them online. Mm. D- dude. Oh, if they can profit off of it, people will come up with any any kind of thing to make money. How sick it is, and you know what what it, what they're actually selling. Yeah. It's it, money makes people go crazy, man. I'll tell you, there has been a couple of things that have leaked, like from uh, like correctional officers in there. Like there was someone leaked these letters that like Ted Bundy and uh, John Hinckley were passing back along with each other, really? and they were like getting catty with each other. They're all like, what? like Bundy's like, you know, at least I like adult women, and like, <laughs> John Hinckley's like, at least mine are still alive. <laughs> like, uh, you, you know what? You know what? Hinckley, Hinckley was the one that was that he had the crush on Jodie Foster. Yeah, he tried he, to shoot the president. They he, just let Reagan. him out like not too long Reagan, ago. Reagan, right? Yeah. He's out. He's out. Wow. How, how old is he now? He's got to be in his nineties, right? He's a hundred and seventeen. I think they said he was. And he dead yet? He's still alive. No, wow. I'm just playing. He's another. Oh, he's <laughs> I think if I just Dude. say anything with confidence, like you guys might. <laughs> you, you, you know what? You know what? As scary as it seems, and and the way my nephew said it, I I it almost kind of jilted me. Uh. You know what would happen if you put all these nutty fucking guys in the same cell what would be discussed would they talk to each other would they hurt each other would they understand each other so now i'm kind of seeing maybe the study of some of these assholes but 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 the right away tells me fucking kill them this weekend live from hell hell in a cell literally i'll be the ref i'll be the ref i'll wear like a half shirt satan's the ref being a fly on the wall could you imagine but but, all kidding aside all kidding aside guys do you think um some of our well, most well-known killers could actually hang in the same cell, like five, five guys, five horrible people. Well, I've heard stories about Dahmer being in prison and just like making himself be so, what's the word, just like annoying and creepy, just to get people to like leave him alone, like he would. Uh, yeah, they, he was eventually so annoying that they beat his brains in <laughs> yeah, with a yeah, they, with a mop they, handle. They fucking <laughs> so, yeah. I think the guy's name was Christopher Scarver. He beat the shit out of Dahmer, and he, I think he stuck a broom handle up his ass. But oh, but in yeah. a strange, deformed way, that's even sicker when you put a guy like that in the joint and mm. the criminals kill him. Yeah. They don't even have oh, respect. Yeah. How distorted is that? You think like okay, do criminals actually have like a? A soft side. Well, if you're a cop killer or a child killer or a child molester, you're probably going to get fucking killed in prison pretty oh, fast. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. fast. I think it's accepted. Yeah, they kill. They love to kill pedophiles. Yeah, they sure yeah. do. That's why they have their own wards and stuff like they, that. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, getting back to Danny Rollins, um, that Sunday night, um, August 27th, my birthday, by the way. Happy third hey, birthday, Sam. Uh, murder spree. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, Danny began peering into windows at the Gatorwood Apartments, finding what he wanted at the corner unit belonging to Manuel Tabuada and Tracy Pauls, both 23-year-old college students. Manny had just gotten home from his shift at Bennigan's around 3 a.m., going immediately to bed while both were asleep when Danny broke in. 
So first creeping into Manuel's room, Danny plunged the knife through Manuel's solar plexus and upward, waking up and fighting back against Danny. Manuel took on a series of stabs and slashes until he got Danny in a bear hug. But after suffering so much blood loss, uh, Manuel grew weak and Danny was able to pull away enough to stab Manuel in the chest again, ending his life. All in all, Manuel Tabuada took on 31 stab wounds in the attack. Damn. So... Danny ran down the hall to the kitchen and attempted to clean the blood off that covered him, then almost left through the sliding glass door when, according to him, Gemini whispered that he wasn't done. So looking back down the hallway, Danny saw a frightened Tracy Pauls open her door and then slam and lock it when she saw him, but Danny easily kicked down the door. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. I had to put in into our little PowerPoint here. Jason smashing through the door. Ted, Ted White's gonna have to fuck you up. Ted White, partner. I'll tell you what. Ted White would have fucked Danny Rollins up, partner. He say, "You listen, you doing some serial murders? Come here, I'm gonna serial that ass, partner. Mm-hmm. Little devil. <laughs> that was great, Sammy. That was great. All right. Well, on a serious. I'm putting a look at this. Is what I'm doing here. Serious face. <laughs> okay he bound her with tape um but danny he bound her with tape he raped her he stabbed her and drug her body out into the hallway to pose her except when he realized she was still alive he cleaned the blood off from her face and raped her again until she died from her stab wounds so apparently with her death death gemini left danny and he did not further defile or pose manuel or tracy's bodies he haphazardly cleaned up the crime scene and left the way that he entered he jumped in the swimming pool of a nearby apartment complex to clean off the blood from him and his clothes, and then he buried his knife and his gloves next to an old chicken coop, ending his reign of terror. So, for the next week after the murders, Danny would uh, go on a crime spree, breaking into houses, stealing food, cash, guns, and cars to commit more robberies with. Um, the very next day after killing, killing Tracy and Manuel, on Monday morning, Danny woke up and robbed a bank at gunpoint, and about 50 yards away from the bank, an eyewitness reported seeing a pink dye pack explode into his face. Um, soon after, police discovered um, Danny's campsite with the pink dyed money. I would love to see a fucking dye pack explode into <laughs> Robert's face. Right, that should be like a jackass stunt. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure it has been, hasn't it? Maybe? With like a paint bomb? No. Maybe? Oh, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> All right. Well, um, on September 1st, Danny stole a Buick Regal and robbed a grocery store. Um, he did get away, but not before getting into a confrontation with police that escalated him almost killing a couple of police officers with his car and the police officers hitting the car that he was driving with 19 bullets. Wow. So at one point, he decided to party and smoke crack in a hotel room with a couple of strippers who refused Hello. to fuck him. They did steal all of his money when he passed out, though. And you know these were some Florida strippers. Go, they were bitches. You know these were some busted-ass Florida strippers. Lots of cornrows on white women. Uh, big noses. Exaggerated clown makeup. One of them that looks like a man, probably. And they've all got second toes that are bigger juggalos. than their main toes. I bet they're juggalos, too. <laughs> yeah, they're oh, you know, juggalettes. Juggalettes, right. <laughs> it sounds like what? That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> you don't know about... Busted Florida stripper set. No, man. Damn. I knew I shouldn't have done that. I mean, uh, you know, hey. You want to go to Georgia, baby? Get them Georgia strippers. Georgia. <laughs> so Danny figured he was forced to commit another robbery, his last. And on September 7th, 1990, Danny Rawlings was arrested in Ocala, Florida after robbing a Winn-Dixie supermarket at gunpoint and crashing his car in the ensuing high-speed chase. 
So I haven't seen or read this really anywhere else, so it's just my personal theory, but I think that um, like Deputy Dewey is kind of an amalgamation <laughs> of inept investigators. Cotton Weary is kind of an amalgamation of the falsely accused, like, uh, you know, from part one, like we were talking about, the babysitter murder of Janie Chrisman. Uh, the police force not only fucked that one up royally, that not only was another man, Floyd Cochran, wrongly charged and put to death for the murder of uh, Mary Lou Jenkins and attributed to also killing babysitter Janet Chrisman, but the actual murder walked free until the day of his death. Mm. So, in the case of the Gainesville Ripper, not only did they fail to apprehend Danny in two robberies with a pink, you know, he had a pink face from the exploded dye pack. That he was homeless. <laughs> He's walking around the woods with a pink face. Couldn't find him. So, they also failed to make any connections between the murders um, and the evidence found in Danny's tent after finding the money from the bank robbery. There was He had, like, gloves. That was his hit kit that he had in the tent that they didn't trace back to any of these murders. I tell you what, the next time I see someone with a fanny pack, I'm be like, uh, hit kit. Or a pink face. <laughs> By the way, I think I forgot to mention it. When he said he took a shit in the woods, he had a roll of uh, toilet paper in his hit kit. Oh, wow. It's like what a, kind of psychopath puts like a, a roll of toilet paper in the hit kit? <laughs> it's like a Batman utility belt. <laughs> he got everything it just in rolls there. Out. <laughs> Man wipe, dude wipes. He must be a, a Boy Scout because he comes prepared. Hey, if he had dude wipes, he dude would be wipes. he would be dude. serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to get on in there. Oh, jeez. We should be sponsored by Dude Wipes. Love the Dude Wipes. Oh, dude. You could use them for everything. Man, I used dude, Duke Cannon. Can dude. we get sponsored by Duke Cannon? I love their shit. Duke Cannon, yeah. Duke Cannon, Dude Wipes. So, dude, sometimes I got a gorilla wipe with them Dude Wipes. I'm telling you. TMI. <laughs> TMI. You got to triple up with the Dude Wipes. Thank wipe. you, Sal, for the TMI. All right, well, investigators falsely accused a man named Michael Martin of the, the, the bank robbery. And um, by the way, the cotton weary of this story is a man named Ed Humphreys um, in the Gainesville Ripper murders. So, oh, granted, Ed Humphreys did fit the bill of a, the bill of a villain looks-wise. He had gnarly scars all over his face from a recent car accident and piercing blue eyes. He's like a stereotypical villain. Just picture that in your head. <laughs> Other than that, he and the fact that um, he was suffering from a bipolar manic state at the time. Um, but FBI, FBI profilers kept telling the police department that they had the wrong man, that it wasn't Ed Humphreys, but... You know, they released this guy's picture in the paper. Look, we fought, we caught the Gainesville Ripper. This ruined this guy's life for yeah. a serious amount of time. Even after the game, they've caught the Gainesville Ripper. People would still send this guy hate mail and like fuck up his house and stuff. Wow, it's insane. That's what uh, that's what the police can do to you sometimes. Yeah. So it wasn't until early 1991 that the task force investigating the Gainesville Ripper was contacted by Shreveport police about the triple murder of a Gris of the Grissom family wherein three generations of a family were executed. The grandfather and his grandson were dispatched of quickly, but the man's daughter was raped, killed, and posed in the same manner as the Gainesville victims. So, with that connection, and the fact that Rawlings had been telling his cellmate details about the Gainesville Ripper crimes that only the killer can know, in February 1991, Danny Rawlings pled guilty to the murders and was sentenced to death. Good. Yeah. As he should be. Rawlings was executed by a lethal injection at Florida State Prison. And on October 25th, 2006, after the U.S. Supreme Court rejected a last-ditch appeal, he ordered a last meal of lobster tail, butterfly shrimp, baked potato, strawberry cheesecake, and sweet tea. And he sang a shitty gospel hymn and made no <laughs> statement immediately before his execution, which was witnessed by many of his victims' relatives. So, that's the gains of a ripper. That's, uh... How do you? <laughs> wow. If you guys had a last meal, what would it be? 
know. Never thought about it. Maybe uh, I do like every I was, lobster tails. Give me filet mignon. Surf and turf. I would I would eat so I, much that when they when they electrocuted me, I shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I do that anyway. You know what? You, hey, Mikey. Uh, you know what I'd have? What? I'd have a bacon cheeseburger. Well done. Okay. Some quesadillas mm. and a package of Twinkies. All right. So, like, most days in your life? (laughs) God, he got me there. I'm going going Mexican, man. Uh, Steak burrito, Suiza dinner. (laughs) Yeah, boy. Well, if I'm I'm Sam the serial killer, I'm going to go, you know what, I'm going to... I think I'm gonna go German on this one. Bring me a woman named Brumhilda. You know the one from Hilda's House of Pain. (laughs) So, um, like Billy Loomis said in Scream, um, sometimes there's no motive, and um, but I think Billy Loomis definitely had a motive, didn't he? It was uh, it was because his Sydney's mom was banging his dad, wasn't it? Damn, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, It was just an excuse to go on a killing spree, just like Danny Rowling. So, um, what do you guys think of the end of Scream? Uh, the party near the end of the movie um, runs nearly 42 minutes long. It was shot over the course of 21 days from sunset to um, sorry sundown to sunset. And after shooting wrap, the crew had shirts made that read "I Survive Scene 118." Uh, the cast and crew jokingly called it the longest night in horror in history. <laughs> over 50 gallons of blood was used for the visual effects on this film. By the way, the ending's good. Yeah, the ending's really cool. When they bring her dad out, and he's uh like coughed and and he's got uh like the ball gag going on and everything (laughs) right am i right i think they did yeah i know or am i thinking of scary maybe that's scary movie (laughs) i think you watching mike (laughs) yeah i think they just duct taped his mouth and screamed where's the gimp (laughs) that was scary movie though yeah they brought him out he had a ball gag (laughs) he's sleeping we'll wake him up and everything (laughs) yeah Uh, there's a lot of cool, like, um, little, like, horror Easter eggs at the end of this, too. Like, you know, like, they're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis or whatever. Right. Or, uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it was, it's a cool flick, man. I do I do enjoy Scream. Also, it was a real surprise when this first came out that there was two killers. I remember not a lot of movies had two killers before, That's true. didn't they? They were, like, working together as a team. Yeah. Can you think of any before this? Maybe before Henry, oh, through, through Portrait all, of a Serial Killer. That so, through all four of them, Henry. there was two killers? Yeah. It was Matthew Lillard's yeah. character and Skeet Ulrich. Oh, I thought a girl was one of the killers. No, no, in Scream? Yeah. In the no. first one? No, in all of them. In, in one of them. Well, in Scream, it was um, Billy and Stu. In the second one, it was, um, was it Billy's mother? Or yeah, was it Lori Metcalf. She played yeah. the killer. Lori Metcalf from Roseanne? Yeah. 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 Lori Metcalf and um, Timothy Oliphant? Was that the second one when they were in college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to yeah. check them out. The third one, it was her brother. Remember Sydney's Prescott has a brother? Yeah. That one was bad. Yeah. That was not a very good one. Wh- which one? Three. Uh, three. Three. Yeah. But the fourth one was um, Emma Roberts. Yeah. Did, I oh, like Emma Roberts. Yeah, and um, what's his name? One of the McCulkin guys. Was it Rory oh, McCulkin? Oh, Rory Culkin, yeah. Yeah, they're the killers in that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think uh, Matthew Lillard would be making an appearance in the fifth one? Well, he died. Well, isn't isn't what's her name in there? Well, I don't um, know. They never. There's the make a big thing about it to say that. They never really show that he died. Like I mean, um, other than having the TV pushed on him. Yeah, I guess they could bring him back. Oh, my God. What's her name, Sammy? The, the one from the first one. Um. The brunette. Uh, Rose McGowan? No. Nev Campbell? Nev Campbell. Isn't she in the newest one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's yeah. in. Um, I think, Um, yeah, her and pretty much everybody Courtney that's still Cox, alive David, is. Yeah, David Courtney Cox. Cox. Yeah. Pro- I don't know if Jamie Kennedy is. Wait, didn't Jamie Kennedy he, die? He died in the second one. Okay. Yeah, at college. Jamie, Jamie Ke- is the comedian? Yeah. Yeah, he was in the first two. 
All right. Well, um, while I'm definitely guilty of covering the most sensationalist <laughs> aspects of this case, um, the most important thing to remember is that these p- were not actors in a horror movie, but real people with real lives, real friends, real family members that no doubt missed them very much. For instance, the uh, 34th Street Wall that has become a landmark in Gainesville was built in 1979. Uh, the 1,100-foot wall's main purpose is to prevent erosion from the university golf course from spilling out onto the road, but it has since turned into a canvas uh, displaying art, messages, and announcements for upcoming events. The city has tried to fight some of the art and graffiti in the past, even painting giant sections white, but the centerpiece and only constant among the ever-changing art is the memorial, plaque, and the five trees grown in remembrance of Sonia Larson, Christina Powell, Krista Hoyt, Manuel Tabata and Tracy Pauls. So um, that's all we basically all we have for our uh, part two on the Gainesville Ripper, true crime behind scream. That's uh, do, you, do you guys want to hear that disturbing story I was, was going to tell you about? Yeah, yeah. is it going to scare me? Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I want to hear, hear a disturbing Let's story. Okay, so going back to uh, well, in the in this episode we covered uh, severed body parts. So uh, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, the three of us we do live production we do events and there was a particular show that a, a co-worker of mine was doing in a hotel i think it was a medical show for uh ear nose and throat doctors i've and, done those uh they've had on display on stage uh severed heads like cadaver heads that they were going to probably uh dissect and and show the people in the audience you know what is what so this guy, he's behind the soundboard, and he's, uh, you know, doing his thing, setting up, and uh, he happens to look at the stage, and there's the three severed heads, and they're on display, and this is before the show starts. He's, uh, you know, he's he's looking at them, and he's looking at them, and he's looking at them, and he, he there's three of them. There's, uh, you know, one on stage right, one on stage left, one in the center. The one in the center is grabbing his attention and he's he's looking at it and he's staring at it and his he just like stops thinking about everything and just focuses on this head in the center and he's looking at it and then it hits him so hard he starts to remember that you know his father at that time died recently and in his will is his wish to donate his body to medical science yeah, no, you're so he's looking at this head and is sure enough it's his father no and oh i don't know it was really as i thought he was he just thought it looked like him it was his father was it was it really his father yes this is what he told me and he's do you believe him though mike because you know some guys i know this there. guy i don't think of him as a liar or a bullshit artist or a storyteller the I know you're, I know who you're talking about. He's definitely a great storyteller, but yeah, I wouldn't say he was a liar. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. that's kind of but you hard know, to lie about like your father's head. Could you imagine staring at like your dead father's head, looking right back at you? Like that's unbelievable. That's fucking disturbing. When he told <sighs> me that, I didn't want to believe it at first, but yeah, it makes for a good story. But I don't. I don't. I, there's no way of like. I would never ask him again. Like, tell me more about the story. I would never do that. It almost sounds like an urban legend. Like I know. a new urban legend. I don't I know. know. I don't know. I don't know how I would handle that. <laughs> that probably would have walked that, away. That, that, I, he told me he finished the gig. Yeah, I, I, I probably would have walked away because you, you know, when you get, when you get 
told something like that, it's That's not disturbing. a good, it's not a good idea to push it. Well, yeah, I mean, when he told me, I was just like, whoa, whoa sorry, you know, okay, jo- joking, joking or not, you know, there's nothing funny about it, yeah. you know. Um, That's pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, really? I would. So wait a minute, away. you've heard this story before? Yeah, the guy told me. Wow. Okay, I thought I was the only one. Yeah, I, I always thought you don't I, say his name. I, no, I'm not gonna. But I always, so thought Mike, he, you, I, I always thought he told me that he thought it. It just looked like his. Wait a minute, it, Mike, he didn't think you, it actually was. You were, you were. You were. Now you were there. You seen the heads? No, 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 no. Oh, he, he just, just told, told you. He told me about that about the show that he worked. Yeah, yeah that's. That's I'm telling you, though, I've done it? I've done those before where I have to do like little project, yeah. like sh- or cameras right over the heads like that, and I've been inches from those heads. Yeah, it's weird. Do they, do yeah, they I, I, weird. Do they stink like formaldehyde? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Now, see, the only time they keep them in coolers. Right now, to see, yeah. the only time, the only time, this was a long time ago. We were still using the metal carts with the TVs on them. We were using TVs. We mm. didn't even use projectors that much. And I remember there being a lot of. Um, uh, plastic on the ground and using and, tube TVs. Yeah, tube TVs. <laughs> and I'm like, what the what the fuck is it? You know, and and it was very well put down. Uh, all the tables were in white tablecloths. And I seen this lady come in, and I'm like, oh man, she looks like a nurse. You know, she had a, the whole white friend. and she's carrying this tray. And I'm like, what the fuck? Now, mind you, I'm trying not to disturb what they had on the floor. Okay, you know, because we had uh, RF cables. You know, uh-huh. separate them. Yep. And and uh, and I'm 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 on my hands and knees. And she puts a tray down, like a couple of feet in front of me, and there were heads. Oh, jeez! Because it was reconstructive surgery, yeah. And I, they were all distorted, and 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 Oof. you know, just and I, and and did it bother me? No, but but it was it was. Um, I wasn't ready for it. It was like five o'clock in the morning, Ugh. and it was just I didn't I wasn't prepared. Who prepares himself to see something like that? And again, it didn't bother me, but uh, you know, point being, um, you know, it's something that a lot of people couldn't handle we have a crazy line of work ladies and gentlemen we get I, good gigs and we get yeah. bad ones too yeah. i was at a hotel one time me and this other guy where we walked in we went to set up this room um i don't want to say where it was at but uh we walked in the set this room and we see a cooler in the corner of the room and we're like <laughs> what the fuck is that he goes over he opened it that smell permeated the whole room in like five seconds. There was a liver in there like they did oh, a medical show oh, like the man. day before or something like that and forgot wow. this one thing in there it ruined the entire basement of this hotel like they moved the entire conference because it smelled so bad they moved it just, upstairs a just level from, are you from it a was liver? it was dude I, i'm not joking with you like the dude i was with went and threw up it was the <laughs> it was the absolute worst fucking smell i've uh, ever smelled in my i could smell well, it right now it's that bad well well i do it remember was the worst i do I remember working at the drake and this was in the walton room and they had constructive surgery there, but they were using cow tongues. <laughs> and the lasers they were using Yummy. caused it to smell, like Sam said. Dude, it, it took months to get that smell out of the room. Holy shit. Out of the one room. And then it leaked into two more. It leaked into the grand ballroom and the French room. And, and man, it just, you could, you could, you were, uh, like, I remember coming down the stairs. You know, coming out of Ed Gein's house smelled like all the time. Damn. Yeah, right. <laughs> I came down the stairs and immediately you could smell it, man. You know, I, it, it burnt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything <laughs> burnt, anything burnt, you know, skin, tongues. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was bad. Crazy. Well, that's it for the episode. Yeah. That's all we got for the Gainesville Ripper here. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure you listen to us and stream us on 
Spotify and Apple Podcasts and like us on Instagram. We're going to add pictures. Uh, and if you're going to Days of the Dead Chicago up in Rosemont, uh, the weekend of November 19th, 20th, 21st, we'll be there on the 20th. So come find us. Say hello. What are we going to be wearing, Mikey? We're going to be wearing our awesome podcast T-shirts with yeah. our logo on it. Come on down and sign my tits. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sign Last three rows of horror. Last three rows of horror. Yeah, come find us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ooh, thank you very much. Later.